0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. You have your Bibles, turn to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 23. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. We are in the middle of a series covering the feasts of Israel, and we're calling this series, Taste and See. Taste and See, which is taken right out of the scriptures, Psalm 34, verse 8. The the Bible commands us to taste and see that the Lord is good. How many know we're not just talking about his goodness, but we have tasted it and we have seen it? You know, it's something for us as a church, we've been committed to creating experiences uh, with God when you come to church, we don't want you to just know about him We want you to experience his power and his presence That's why sometimes I talk to people They, they come to the church and maybe for the first time and they say pastor as soon as I walked into the door I felt something different, you know, I w- worship started and I couldn't stop crying. Come on. How many's ever been that way? Well, well what is that? That's not just emotions or feelings, man. That's the presence of Almighty God. And when you experience who God is, it changes who you are. And so the the, the title of this series is just packed with meaning, taste and see. We've been going through the different feasts, Old Testament feasts that you can find listed in Leviticus chapter 23. And I I hope you've hung on to this handout. Do you still have your handout? Let me see. Let me see. Okay. So, all right. All right. Wow, you guys are educated people. My goodness. Some of you didn't know there was a handout, and uh, on your way out, there's guest services. You can stop by and get one. We've got blanks that we're filling in. We're going through kind of in a a real methodical way, the different feasts. Uh, We've talked about the importance of each one. Uh, Really, they are parties with a purpose. We know how to have a good time down here on the bayou, Sha. Come on, let the good times roll. Come on, talk to me. Anybody see that football game yesterday afternoon? If you're an old Miss fan, how many, any, any old Miss fans among us? Okay, so today is an official hug an old Miss fan day. We, we got love for you, a lot, lot of love for you, and, um, but you learned something yesterday. Uh, I'm teased, and turn to your name and say, Pastor Ain't Right. I know them boys from Alabama are coming next, so we gots to pray. We gots to pray. (laughs) Today, I want to talk to you about the Feast of Trumpets, okay? The Feast of Trumpets in Leviticus chapter 23, and the the title, I kind of had an honorable mention for a title here. I almost called this message, Shofar So Good. Shofar. You know, shofar is a ram's horn. That's the, the ancient biblical trumpet, but we're just gonna call it trumpets, the feast of trumpets. So, how many of you love our worship team? Are we not blessed with some of the best? I mean, gifted, anointed, men, they love the Lord, they are skilled. Okay, well, I'm gonna give how many of you worship is just your favorite part of service? Favorite part of service? Whoa, whoa, How many of you, the preaching of the word's not too bad either? I know, babe, that was so self-serving. I shouldn't have said that. Um, I got a little insecure when you're so excited about worship. But here's a random fact that most of you may not know, that a part of the original, the OG, the original HPC worship team, in fact, we weren't even Healing Place Church back then. We were Trinity Christian Center almost 30 years ago. Random fact, I was a part of the worship team. You say, well, pastor, what part did you play? I'm so glad you've asked. They've dug up some old photos. I want to show you a couple pictures. Check this out. Oh yeah, look at that little skinny as white boy on the far left. Baby, man, my, uh, baby, that's before I started working out. Aren't you glad I go to the gym now, babe? Come on. Back in the day, that was the brass section. We had two trumpets and a trombone. I was a part of the worship team. Now it tells you how far we have come, all right? It's interesting. I've never, I've not always been a preacher, but I've always had a lot of hot air. <laughs> And so when you have a lot of hot air, they give you a trumpet, and they say, "Hey, see what you can do. In fact, they wanted me to, to break out the trumpet today to play a, a few licks. And I said, no, I'd rather show you some picks than, than play a... You got to have the right embouchure. I mean, the, your, my chops, I got no chops, okay? I don't have any chops. But I was a part of the worship team playing the trumpet. Today we're going to talk about the feast of trumpets. And when the trumpet sounds, it signifies different things. So turn with me Leviticus 23, verse 23. We're going to look at this feast and where it started. The Bible says this. The Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. On the first day of the appointed month in early autumn, you are to observe a day of complete rest. Somebody say complete rest. A day of complete rest. It will be an official day for holy assembly, a day commemorated with loud blasts of a trumpet. You must do no ordinary work on that day. Instead, you are to present special gifts to the Lord. So the sounding of the trumpet was the signal of the feast of trumpets. It was a day of rest. And it was a day of reflection. This, this uh, festival took place in the fall, September or October. And according to the Jewish calendar, it would commemorate the beginning of a new year. How many of you love New Years? Man, you just love starting over. There's something about starting fresh. It's, it's something about putting the past behind us. And you know, when you step into a new year, you make a lot of goals. Sometimes we make goals about getting to the gym. We sign up for that gym membership, and then in March and April, we're reminded that we have a membership to the gym when we get the bill. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we make dietary changes. We're going to eat healthy, or I want to get my finances in order. We're going to to start this year with a budget. We're going to calculate our spending, or sometimes we say, you know, I want to to do a Bible reading plan. I'm going to read the Bible through this year, and, and then we get stuck in Leviticus. Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. The new year is a time for us to reflect, and it was the same with the Feast of Trumpets. When this trumpet sounded, it signified a new year for the Jewish people, and it was a time for them to rest and reflect. In fact, they entered what was called a 10-day period of repentance. The Feast of Trumpets marked a 10-day period of repentance called the High Holy Days. In fact, the Feast of Trumpets starts on Rosh Hashanah, and then 10 days of prayer and reflection and repentance, and then it ends on the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. So these were very intentional moments in the Jewish life, and God commanded the Hebrew people to recognize this Feast of Trumpets. They went from reaping to resting. They went from working the harvest to investing in their hearts. Now, some of the the holiday traditions surrounding this Feast of Trumpets, during Rosh Hashanah, synagogue services are filled with the shofar. In fact, in one service alone, the shofar will blast a hundred times, a hundred times in service. Think about it. Think about being in a service and that ram's horn is blaring a hundred times. You get out of service and people ask you, well, how was church today? You'd be like, man, it was a blast. (laughs) I know, cheesy joke. But as a former trumpet player, I've realized this, that the trumpet is not a quiet instrument. The, the, the trumpet, you don't play the, the trumpet. Come on, moms and dads, the dedicated babies. How many of you know when you're putting the baby to sleep, you're not breaking out the trumpet. There's something that's associated with the trumpet blast that is loud. In fact, I remember when I was practicing the trumpet, I, I grew up in a trailer park. And so I brought the trumpet home, and my first time, man, I'm practicing the trumpet. It sounded like an animal was wounded and trying to die and there was nothing pretty about it. And my mom would say, son, can you take that horn outside because this trailer can't take the pain. Trumpets are loud by nature. A trumpet is supposed to get your attention. I believe God is gonna use today to get somebody's attention. You see, God doesn't want us to fall asleep in our relationship with him. The sounds signified different meanings. Sometimes you would blow the trumpet, and it was to sound an alarm. It was a warning that the enemy is coming, and it's time to wake up. Sometimes you would blow the trumpet, and it was to signify that the king was coming. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you blow the trumpet and it's, hey, to start the day, we got to get up, we got to get going. Each trumpet sound had a different meaning to God's people. And I believe that God wants to use his trumpet to get the attention of his people. God doesn't want you to come to church and just go through the motions. But God's going to sound a trumpet today. He's going to signify Pay attention to this. Don't just do ordinary life. Don't just go through the motions. I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying and what I'm doing in the earth today. You know, God wants to get our attention. And God will use trumpet blasts in different ways to get our attention. How many of you ever walked through a painful time in your life? Now, I'm not saying that God causes pain, but I promise you this. God will use pain to get your attention. And sometimes it takes pain to turn us around, to wake us up. You see, you listen in one of two ways. You'll either learn through advice or you'll learn through adversity. And most of the time we learn through adversity because you never forget the lessons that pain will teach you. Pain can be a trumpet blast. Can I have a good amen? I don't like pain, I don't appreciate pain, but I love what pain can produce. There's something on the other side of pain that is valuable. God, sometimes he uses pain. Sometimes he'll use blessings. God will just put an unexpected blessing in your life. You'll have a conversation. You'll go to work thinking it's just an ordinary day. You'll have a conversation with a supervisor, with a boss, and it is a game changer. It was a surprise blessing. You didn't see it coming, but God orchestrated it, and he's wanting to get your attention. The blessing is saying, hey, pay attention to me because I am your source. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. You see, God will use pain to get our attention. He uses blessing to get our attention. Sometimes it's during worship, and we worship God today. Man, as we're worshiping the Lord, he's trying to talk to us. Sometimes he'll use the preacher to get your attention. He's trying to tell us something. The trumpet is not a quiet instrument, but God's trying to give us hope. He's trying to warn us. He's trying to change us. He's trying to prepare us. Listen to the sound of the trumpet. Sometimes the Jews, they they would give greeting cards to one another since this marked their new year. They would give greeting cards wishing them a, a happy, healthy, and prosperous year. The foods that they would eat during Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets would be apple slices dipped in honey. Apples represent provision, and honey speaks of the sweetness and the goodness of God. That's the feast. Now let's look at the faith Let's look at the faith. What does the Feast of Trumpets teach us? Here's what it teaches us. First of all, number one, it teaches us to rest from our work. Rest. Come on, somebody say rest. Some of you have a hard time resting, and you know who you are. I am one of them. I don't rest well because as the leader, I feel like I set the pace. And my work ethic, sometimes if I'm resting, I feel lazy. Anybody know what what I'm talking about? Oh, man, you you kind of feel... You know, here's the double-edged sword that, that if you're like me, if you're wired like I am, you can be plagued. Sometimes I'm at the office, and I'm working, and I'm grinding. I'm, Man, Lord, I'm doing this for you. But I know, oh, okay, I got to be home. And I, Sometimes I feel guilty at the office because I know I need to, to be at home with my family. And then I go home to be with my family, and then it's like, oh, I'm feeling guilty of, man, there's stuff that I need to be doing. Sometimes we're just plagued by guilt. And God has to teach us to rest from our work. Now, there's a time to work. When we work, we work. But when the trumpet would sound on the Feast of Trumpets, it was a signal that, hey, the day is done. You've done all you can do. Some of you are not able to rest well at night because you never feel like it's finished. You know, part of resting well is knowing that God's in control. How many of you know the universe will continue with or without you. You know, I tell my staff all the time, this church didn't start with me, and this church will be here long after I'm gone. It's foolish for me to think that all of it hinges upon Mike Heyman. Listen, my life doesn't depend on me. It depends on God. And the more you realize that God is your source and you depend on him, the better you can rest at night. Sometimes we live in such an accelerated In fact, I think technology has accelerated the pace of life. We thought that technology would allow us to work more effectively and we would save time. We would be able to do more in less time. In fact, I think the opposite has actually happened. Now we're so constantly fixated on technology and social media, we don't have the margin that we intended to have. And we live our lives worn out. And when you're, when you're physically exhausted, emotionally empty, you can be affected spiritually. And, and, and we've all seen good people end up in bad places because they've made poor choices from empty spaces. Come on, did you catch that? Good people end up in bad places because they make poor choices from an empty space inside of them. And God would blow the trumpet and he would say, rest. Rest allows us to reflect. Let me ask you this. How is your life going? I think when you come to church on Sundays, this is a moment to press pause and reflect. It's to quiet the noise around you so you can listen to the voice of God inside of you. Come on, are you catching this today? How is your life going? Let me ask you this. Where is your life going? Are you headed in the right direction? The Feast of Trumpets was an opportunity, a 10-day window for the children of God to rest and to reflect. Number two, this feast also teaches us to repent from our sins. It wasn't just a time of resting and reflecting, but it was a time of repenting. It was a, a time to do some personal inventory and say, Lord, is my life pleasing to you? Is there anything in my life that, that, that doesn't reflect you? You know, this is a, a practice, a 10-day period for them to not only reflect, but to repent and I think it's a healthy thing for the body of Christ to repent you know listen and I I don't know why we don't preach and teach this more in church why has the word repent become offensive repent outside of the the word Jesus repent is the most beautiful word in the Bible Man, it's like when we recognize that something's wrong, the Holy Spirit convicts us and we realize, wait, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have acted that way. That was selfish. That was inconsiderate. Man, I've been jealous. Ooh, that was gossip. Ooh, come on. Has anybody committed any of those sins? Am I the only one that's committed those sins? How many of you know we all need the forgiveness of God? Uh, But how do you receive forgiveness? Well, you repent. You turn from your sin, and you turn toward God. I love what Tim Keller said. He said, sin is the enemy of human flourishing. God wants you to flourish, and he knows that you and I can't flourish if our lives are plagued by sin. You see, God wants what's best for you. Uh, When God gave us the Ten Commandments and he said, Thou shalt not, what he's saying is this, don't hurt yourself. There's a reason why God says, Thou shalt not. It's so that you won't hurt yourself. And then there's a reason why God says, Thou shalt. He's saying, Help yourself to blessings. Thou shalt not, oh, stay away, don't hurt yourself. Thou shalt, he's saying, enter into the blessing of my doing. When God gives us instructions and we step outside of that selfishly, when we commit sin, it's to our own peril. And God's saying, if you repent of your sins, I'll forgive you. In fact, here was the ancient prayer that the Hebrews prayed when they entered this season of the Feast of Trumpets. In in Micah chapter 7, verse 18, they would say this, where is another God like you? who pardons the guilt of the remnant, overlooking the sins of his special people. See, listen, you're special to God. Now, notice what it's going to say about the character and nature of who God is. God, you will not stay angry with your people forever. Why? Because you delight in showing unfailing love. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. Come on. the the bottomless pit you can't even find them much less think about them anymore and then he says you will show us your faithfulness an unfailing love just as you promised to our ancestors Abraham and Jacob long ago can I have a good amen Amen. you see the scriptures this feast is not only an opportunity to rest and reflect but to repent it's to change our course you know what I've discovered that what you don't repent of you repeat was that was that okay to to say i know there's things sometimes we we don't want to do those things anymore but we haven't repented of them. And so it still has power over our lives. Sometimes there are habits, I man, that maybe we formed an addiction. Maybe it's the sexual bondage, or, I man, it's some sort of destructive thing. We hate what it does, but we've not turned from our sins toward the Lord. We've not repented of it, and so it still has power over us. In fact, you know what? We don't even call it sin anymore. We've kind of soft-stepped the whole... When was the last time you went to church and heard a, a preacher preach a sermon on sin? Well, pastor, that just doesn't feel good. No it, no, it doesn't. It doesn't feel good to say it. I'm sure it doesn't feel good to hear it. But you know what? The destructiveness of our sin feels even worse. Some says, well, well I've got some issues. Well, okay. Yeah, you, we all have issues. But you can get counseling for your issues. But sin takes a little more than counseling. It takes repentance. It takes the blood of Jesus. Are you with me? And that's why as as believers, we've got to look at the word repent and see see it as an opportunity to be loved by Almighty God and washed and cleansed and renewed. You see the feast, that's where it came from. The faith, this is what it's teaching. But here's what I want to get to today. Well, I could not wait to get to this last part. The fulfillment. The fulfillment. This is what it points to. Now, turn to that back page in your handout, okay? And you'll see there's, a, there's different groupings here. You have spring festivals. You know the early harvest. You have middle festival here, which is Pentecost. We talked about that last week. This Feast of Trumpets falls within that last category, the late harvest, okay? And we talked about this. I think it's important now. You'll see in the prophetic calendar of events that the the early harvest points to the first coming of Christ. We talked about the Passover and his death on the cross. The the mid-harvest talks about the age of the church, the the, the day of Pentecost, and this is the current reality of what we're walking in. But the Feast of Trumpets points to something in the future. How many of you know God knows the future? And guess what? God has the future right here in the palm of his hand. It may feel like the world is spinning out of control, but I promise you this, God is in perfect control. And what looks like utter chaos here on earth, God from heaven looks down and says, okay, man, it's about to come down to it. The Feast of Trumpets actually speaks of the second coming of Christ. It speaks of the rapture of the church. Okay, so check this out. The word rapture. Trumpet speaks to the rapture of the church. Now, you won't find the word rapture in the Bible. The word rapture, you can study it and it won't show up. Okay, but there is a phrase from the Latin Vulgate that translates into caught up. It's the word rapturus. It's where we get our English word rapture. This is, this is one of the big moments that has yet to happen, but it's gonna come. First Thessalonians 4.16, the Bible says this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. The Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with our Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This is in your Bible. That phrase caught up is the same word that we get for rapture. The scripture says there is coming a time. Now, we don't know when it will happen, but we know it's going to happen. This is the feast that points to this moment. And what a picture. Can you imagine? There's going to be a trumpet that will sound. Uh, The angel of the Lord is going to set that trumpet to his lips. And I promise you, he's been warming up. And he's going to blow that horn, and the scripture says that those, how many of you have family, you've got friends, you've got loved ones that have already died? You've got somebody that's already passed from this life. Okay, the scripture says that those who are believers, this is a promise for the family of God. If you have people that you, people that you love, I know, Miss Paula, you're here this weekend. I thought about Jordan. This message, man, this ought to give us so much hope. You know what? 12 years ago, we had to bury his physical body. But the scripture says there's coming a time when that trumpet blows that his body's coming up out of that ground. You see, listen, if we die, they'll put us in the ground. And they'll put dirt on top of us. But we used to sing a song back in the day, Ain't No Grave. Gonna hold this body down. How many of you sang that song back in the day? Oh, it'd be great just to break that out right. Ain't no grave. Man, look, and sister spin, when we start singing that song in my church, and Sister Spin would break out that she'd do the helicopter. You know what I'm saying? And she just, man, and the whole church, man, wow, revival's taking place. When Sister Spin started doing 360s, and as a little boy, I'm thinking, man, why all the excitement? Why all the emotion? Well, I know why. You know what? Because we have hope, not just in this life, but we have hope in the next life. And it doesn't matter what you throw on top of me, I'm coming up. You know why? Because Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible says he is the firstfruits raised from the dead. So if Jesus got up, that means that you're going to get up too. One day, if the Lord tarries, they will bury our bodies. And hopefully, they'll say a lot of nice things about us. When, when, when you attend my funeral, listen, I want this place to be packed. And I want the band to sing. I want Sid to just rip the roof off this place. I want him to just belt out something about heaven. Man, don't you come crying at my funeral. Don't you weep for me because you know where I am. I'm not in that physical body anymore. My spirit has been resurrected, and I'm in heavenly places with Christ. And after you sing and you shout, and Rachel's going to say a ton of nice things about her hunk of hunk of burning love. You need to leave my funeral rejoicing. My physical body may be under the ground, but my spirit is alive and with him. And the scripture says that when that trumpet sounds, my body's coming up. Listen, this world is not our home. I remember one of the first missions trips I ever took. I was a missions pastor for five years here. One of the first missions trips I ever took. I was gone for 21 days, three weeks. Can't believe Rachel let me go for that long. She was eight months pregnant. I was preaching a crusade in Sri Lanka, and it took us forever to get to Colombo, Sri Lanka. We, stopped, we visited eight different countries. Man, I ate food that I didn't even know what it was. I mean, the, 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 the dialect in Sri Lanka, I, I preached with not one but two interpreters. I said it in English. Somebody else translated it in Tamil, and somebody else translated it in Sinhalese. And by the time it wrapped about, back around to me, I didn't even know what I said in the first place. It was Everything about it was strange. I mean, the food was strange. Culture was strange. The dialect, it was just three weeks we were gone. We went... Africa, India, Sri Lanka, we traveled the world. I'll never forget when that plane landed back in the United States. When that plane hit the ground, I was so glad to be home. Man, I just kissed the ground. Said, man, there's no place like home. And then I see Rachel, she surprised me. She was at the airport. Eight months pregnant, man, she was large and in charge. She knows I love her, baby. I loved all of you back then. There was a whole lot to love, and I loved all of it, baby. I wrapped my arms around her. I said, baby, it is so good to be home. And then God whispered in my ear, he says, uh-uh-uh, be careful what you call home. This world is not our home. You know what? We're just passing through. We're just aliens and strangers. You know what? If you don't feel comfortable in this world, guess what? You're not supposed to. You were made for another world. And the hope of the Feast of Trumpets is to remind us that God's going to snatch us up. He's going to call us out of here. Now, this world's fixing to get bad. Come on, can I have a better amen? Amen. In fact, I, we, we got this little insert, okay? I hope you got this little insert for your handout. I don't know if you can read this or not, man. I, I got I, my arms are not long enough to read the writing on this, but this is a little timeline of end times events. Okay? You need to, and, and there's different thoughts. Even the best of Bible scholars don't completely agree. So I was hesitant but I felt like I needed to include this to give you a roadmap of events that are gonna be happening in the future. You see, part of today's message is to blow the trumpet to make sure that you're ready. You see, when that trumpet sounds, God's gonna call his people out of this world, both the living and the dead. Some people think that that's gonna signify, if you look at that first block, that's gonna sign- the rapture of the church will start the timeline of the seven-year tribulation period. Three and a half years, things will seem okay, but about midway through, all hell will break loose. The Bible talks about the, 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 the man of lawlessness, the, the antichrist being released, and, and the oppression, and, and the, the, the powers of darkness ruling this earth. The church has been raptured. The, the, dead, the dead in Christ are already gone. We've been caught up together with, to meet Jesus in the air. I'm not going to talk about the next two blocks because you got to come next week. You got to come next week. We'll talk about what happens. You know, we'll talk about the Battle of Armageddon. We'll talk about the return of Christ for Israel. We'll talk about the new heaven and the new earth and the millennial reign. Listen, guys, there's a lot of exciting things in front of us. A lot of exciting things. But my challenge to you is this. Will you be ready? Don't miss it. Listen, that's a party you don't want to miss. When God calls his children home, you want to be counted among that number. Can I have an amen? Come on, you receive that today. Put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.